The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome to my podcast, my weekly show where I bring to you my thoughts, perspectives, ideas, solutions, sometimes interviews, all about how to live better in the modern world, how to eke out the best life you can, no matter your circumstance. Okay? No matter your circumstance. Now, do you, can you change your circumstances? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Can you do it all at once overnight and make it last? No, no, you can't unless you're Thor. I don't know where that came from. This is only my second take, and I think I'm just going to stick with this one. I'm not going back, you guys. It's you're in you're in it now with me. So buckle in. And literally, if you're in a car, <clears throat> and figuratively, if you're in your cubicle, welcome one and all. For real, if you haven't been here before, then um, like I always say, so, apologies. Please go back and listen to old episodes, and you'll get an idea of the nutty nut nut nature of the approaching the natural podcast. And dare I say, it's listeners. Because you guys are nutty. If you guys have come here more than once, you're as nutty nut nut as I am. Let's just, let's just, can we just deal with that? Can we just like accept that and move on? Because to try to hide that is not helpful. It's not conducive to health and happiness to try to hide, to try to squash how nutty nut nut you are by coming here more than one time to this podcast. You're crazy. Of course you are. It's nuts. Who would do that in their right mind? Uh, we would because we understand the, true nature of what we're trying to do here, the, the the truth, which is this isn't about scale weights or superficial looks in a mirror. This is about our own lives and our own health and happiness. This is serious business. I want to make it as fun as possible, but I want you guys to understand I ain't joking around underneath the fun. I mean, you know, ideally you're having fun with me in this. I think it can be fun. I think the process can be fun. But man, the goals are not. The goals are serious business. The goals are how to bring joy in my life forever, more often than not. 100%? No. More often than not? Totally possible. How do I bring in health into my life? 100%? No. Probably not in the modern world. More often than not? Sure. Absolutely 100% possible. You bet your ass it is. And that's why you guys hopefully do come here because I think... That I know people come here as a reminder. I know people who come here because it gives them something to think about. You're learning the, uh, I was thinking about this in the car, honestly, on the way home. Um, and, and so, you know, you'll, you hear me like I, I kind of joke around about diets and quick fixes and I, and I, because they're not effective for what we really we're looking for, which is long-term health and happiness. They're effective to do what they promise to do. You can get six pack abs. You can get a scale weight. You can get them. But when you're actually looking for health and happiness long-term, you're looking for behavior change. You're looking for something that is set in motion that can stays, that stays in motion, that has enough momentum. It's Newton's 54th law of physics, I think. I think the 54th. It's a 54th as far as I... I was a philosophy major. I think I took one physics class. I think it's Newton's 54th law, which says an object in motion stays in motion. So the question is, can you get something in motion long enough where it has its own momentum to continue for the most part with a lot less attention than it needed in the beginning to get it into motion. And that's what I do here every week. I, tr I, am tr I was going to say train because in a way this is, this is a training. 
This is saying, follow my system. You learn how to bring in something you want to bring in your life in a way that that is long enough and and keeps you engaged in it long enough to where then you are in a sense coasting. I think I mentioned it last week, but this idea of like this is a, a coasting. The small steppers are are in a a waffling of sorts. Okay, and I love waffles, by the way. You know I'm a nutritionist, so 100% on waffles. It's the next. First, there was grapefruits, then it was cranberry. Now it's, you know, lectins and beans are poison. You know, there's trends. Waffles is next. Put your money on waffles, Legos, uh, Lego my ego. You're going to make a mint. Uh, you heard it here first. I, I will want a small commish off any money you make from the ego corporation. With that said... Um, yeah, so 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 we waffle. We waffle. What do we waffle between? Coasting and transition. Coasting and transition. Small steppers. Transition. We transition when we bring in a new behavior. We bring in anything, and you got to pay attention to something that you weren't paying attention to before. I've said it again. I've said it before, and I've just said it again. When you do anything new, you are now thinking and applying actual energy. People don't remember that, but thinking is energy. So for us to go, oh, I'm just going to do a diet, that's a lot of thinking. That's a lot of energy expended. It's a lot of attention that is hard to do. My job, as I see it, is to minimize that energy expenditure of the transition, is to make it so that you're not burning your energy out because of, oh, I got to think about this all the time, so much stuff, so much to deal with. Minimize that. So then transition happens. You transition from not doing something to doing something. Then you do it long enough because you've kept your stress levels low, <clears throat> because you've kept your energy expenditure low during the learning this new thing, transition or transitionary period, you do get to a point where you kind of coast. I don't think about food at all, ever. I don't think, what am I going to eat today? What are we going to eat today? I don't measure this and count. I don't, I don't, it's, I coast, I'm coasting. Why it's a waffling and I also don't think about exercise day to day. Like I just, I run, I've been running for years, I just run. And I don't, I don't really think about it. It's just a movement that's part of my life. I don't really think about it. Except to say, when there is change, like a new job, or I launched this company, which I'll talk about, smallsteppers.com, then all of a sudden there's like a thing that happens in the world that I'm in charge of. I mean, I made it happen, but it still upsets the, the coasting aspect. All of a sudden I'm dealing with this other thing. And because I'm dealing with this other thing so massively, the things that I was coasting on fall away. And so I have to re-enter a period of transition. I just talked about this in the video, the YouTube video I posted um, this morning, which is my music step. So you guys know, because you've, you've heard this before, if you've been here before, you know that I've, I've been playing a music step for years, um, like two or three years now, a music step of putting my hands on the guitar, on my guitar one day a week, putting my hands on my guitar one day a week. Sometimes for like a minute or less, sometimes for a few minutes. And all of a sudden, for no, with no explanation, I still don't know why, I, all of a sudden I was just like playing more. And, and then I started writing and then I started getting my cassette recorder out and kind of going through old ideas. Next thing you know, I, wrote, I, I write my first new song after 10 years. Pretty great, right? And it's been a great thing. Two or three days a week, I'm coming home from taking the kids to school. I'm sitting down with my guitar and I'm playing for 30, 45 minutes. Amazing. It's been incredible. But then... The launching of my company, which has been almost two years in the making, year and a half at least. I don't even want to look back because it just took so long, but I got it done. So all of a sudden, this thing gets launched, and the time up to the launch, massive, a lot of energy. We're trying to make sure that there's no 
unforeseen instances, but you know, last as you've heard last week, that there were, but you can't cover all your bases. Then it launches. And all of a sudden, two weeks later, I haven't touched my guitar. And actually, it's a total of like three weeks to a month because I was so focused on that thing. All of a sudden, I look up and I'm like, I haven't played the guitar. Something that I was coasting on, now I have to retransition. I have to get, I have to enter another period of transition on it. How do I do that? How does a small stepper do that? Well, what I did was yesterday, walked in my studio, and you're going to think I'm going to say, and I sat down and played. No, I did not. I'm a small stepper. I know better. <clears throat> I know better because I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to dislike it. Yesterday was Sunday. I was hanging out with my kids. I walked in for five minutes and I set everything back up because things had moved. I had, I had, I was doing, I'm doing live Q and A's for small steppers. I'm like changing things around. My guitar had been moved to the side. I reset up my studio. I reset it up, the music part of it, so that I could walk in, sit down, turn my amplifier on, and play how it was set up before the launch thing happened. Now that the launch thing is calmed down, I'm going to re-engage. And guess how I'm going to re-engage, you guys? One day a week, I'm going to put my hands on the guitar. I did that already. Just put my hands on the guitar. That's how I'm starting. And I want you to bite the bullet on this, you guys, because it's hard. As I even say it, it's like, it. it's weird because a month ago, I was playing 30, 45 minutes, three days a week. I'd gotten my step up there, but that's not the only thing I do. And I guarantee whatever you guys do in, on your steps, is, uh, those aren't the only things you do. And so when life happens and, and stuff c- comes up, whether you're in control of it, like me launching a company, or something happens like you get laid off or you get transferred to a new city, there will be a time where all, the th- all the things you were coasting on fall away and you have to get back into transition mode. And you've got to figure out a way to make that happen. To expect that I'm going to jump right back to 45 minutes, three days a week is pretty unrealistic. It's just, I have the time. By the way, this is not a time issue. I want to be very clear about that. This is not a time issue. This is a mental issue. This is me getting back in that habit. Now, my guess, because I've experienced in this, because I've been doing this small stepping thing for almost 10 years, my guess is I'm going to ramp back up to the 30, 45 minutes much faster than it took me to get there in the first place, which was like three years. I'm guessing within the next three or four weeks, I'm going to be back up to speed. But, but for me and for most people I've ever worked with, the expectation that you're going to take a month break and then jump right back into where you were is going to lead to burnout. It's a different animal now for me. Music is a different animal now for me. I've got out of, I got out of the thing. People would say I fell off the wagon. I didn't fall off the wagon. I'm on the wagon. I'm just kind of steering it a little bit differently than I was before. I don't know how to stretch that wagon metaphor. Honestly, it doesn't have a steering wheel. I mean, who rides in a wagon? I'll tell you who does. Paw and Half Pint, they drive in a wagon. <clears throat> I meant covered wagon. That's what I'm talking about. Did I ever tell you that I voted for Melissa Gilbert? Um, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild, have been since 1995, and so they have presidents and things. She ran for president. I voted for her. I have no idea what she stands for. I only know two things, half pint. That's it, half pint. I would love to have half pint represent me in any fashion whatsoever, and that's what I did, half pint. Little House of the Prairie. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm bringing, I'm bringing that back. I'm gonna talk about Little House on the Prairie in this episode. I'm writing it down right now because it's kind of related. Oh God, this is the best thing ever. My sister, um, my older sister Kim, was a huge Little House on the Prairie fan. I was the, you know, two and a half years younger. Kind of got grabbed by the, you know, leash and just pulled over to the, you know, watch this because I'm in charge. And I love the damn show. 
I, I'm sorry to admit that, but you know I'm transparent in this in this in this podcast, and I have to let you guys know things that are difficult for me to admit. One of those being, I love little house in the prayer. I'm not going to apologize for it anymore. I'm 48. Mm. Drinking the mushroom cocoa. If you're wondering. Okay, you know I'm gonna whip through some uh, quickie, quickie, quicks, quicks. The big news, of course, smallsteppers.com is fully functional and running. I actually think that we solved the weirdness that happened in the first few days, where like I talked about it last week. I won't revisit it, but that's um, kind of resolved. I have not done any advertising at all, but it's rolling with this first big group of people that signed up during that weekend. Um, but please sign up and give it a shot. It's amazing. It's a 12-week program. You learn my system of small steps. You do not learn how to lose weight. You learn how to learn how to lose weight. Does that make sense? It will if you sign up for smallsteppers.com. It is incredible. Weekly videos, daily emails, weekly live Q&As. Weekly, every single week, live Q&A. I sit down. I did. I got a big group of people a few days ago. They just firing away questions. It was great. A lot of people just hung back and listened. All those Q&As are archived on the site. So if you can't make it, you can look and see. And I talk about underneath what you know what we discuss. It's it's freaking amazing. It's amazing. I'm rewatching the videos now because I shot them like last year, and I'm like, this is a, an amazing program. It really, really is. And it's cheap for three months. It's like literally a dollar a day. And I didn't want to do the math for a dollar a day, but it is. It's ninety five dollars for for eighty four days of stuff. Like for real. So um, yeah. Okay, the other thing, Health Made Simple, if you are interested in actually discussing food, smallsteppers.com doesn't go there, but Health Made Simple does. That's a meal plan. So for people who are small stepping into food, great, because that's going to be your ticket. Nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system. My new book, if you watch my video from last week, I got galleys, actually from this morning. It was <laughs> been a long day from this morning. Um, I got these things called galleys or like advanced copies. They look like the book, but they're not... They're digitally printed. They're not the way the book is actually going to be printed, but they're you. It was it's a book, and it's very exciting for me to hold this thing in my hand and like thumb through the pages. And it's the first I've only at that point looked at a PDF up until yesterday, two days ago, and and it was just very exciting to open that book and see like this is super cool. <clears throat> the actual book will look even better because you can you know you can tell. It's just digitally printed, but it's a bound book. It's super, super duper cool. I'm very excited about it. That's called Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. It's out in theory still. The managing editor told me we're still on target September 19th, 2017 for parents or parents-to-be. It is definitely a, it's a healthy family book, a philosophy book, because you know you know where I come from. It's ideas first before action. Dig? <clears throat> Good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've resolved all those issues. I have not been sleeping well because of this uh, <clears throat> program, the smallsteppers.com. It's been keeping... What happens is the first few days, we just had some... I talked about last week. We had some unforeseen problems. So people were emailing, which they should, absolutely should, and I'm happy they did, but I hate when that happens. And so I've have, I have... If I wake up a little bit, I, it, I just... It freaks me out because I worry about my inbox. Today... Not one support call, not one support. Just today, nothing, nothing in my inbox. People are rolling. That's so exciting. <clears throat> I hope I start sleeping better because, man, if I just sort of open my eyes halfway at five, that's it. It's the last week it's been that way. Incidentally, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what I do uh, nutritionally. You know, I don't talk about food too much, but thought I would just kind of let you in on it. When I am under ex more, more stress than usual, okay? 
uh, leading up to my race. Perfect example. Launching of Health Made Simple. Perfect example. Launching of smallsteppers.com. Perfect example. Working on the deadline of my both books, for example. I will ramp up the nutritional thing because I'm not one of these people, especially when I'm training for or training for an ultra, let's say, where I go, I'm training for an ultra. I can eat whatever I want. I'm the opposite of that. I go, wow, I'm training for an ultra. I better like extra, extra careful, right? So one of the things I've been doing is maca. I've talked about it before, I think like two or two and a half years ago. It's a root. Um, it's really good for adrenal health. I've, I've used it in the past uh, f- a lot, and I can definitely tell a difference. Um, so I jumped on that last week because I was like, I'm really not sleeping well, and this is not good and I'm getting up in the morning. I have plenty of energy during the day, I will say, but there's two things I mainly am doing. Maca every day, and I'm doing probiotics. I don't do probiotics all the time, but in times of stress, because I know better, um, and lack of sleep and stress, and you know things in, I, when I teach a class, like anger, stress, and fear can, can actually create issues bacterially in your gut, like it's that whole, whole body kind of idea you guys you can't just be like well if you eat something it affects that one thing no it's a lifestyle above all else it's a stress above all else food amazing way to to lower overall stress amazing but it ain't the only thing never will be it's it's your stress in totality so one of the things i do is jump on the probiotics another thing is jumping on things like maca i'm throwing a little uh vitamineral greens in some water and slamming that down just kind of Still eating the spick freaking salad, still fruiting up, all that kind of stuff. But when I notice my, my um, sleep patterns are, are uh, a little bit less because of things I got going on, I want to make sure I take care of my body. That's the small stepper's ethic, you guys. That is the small stepper's way. It isn't to say, oh, what's wrong with me? It's to say, man, I got to do better by me because it's just the stress is getting to me because I'm a regular guy in a regular world. Okay, This isn't me. Call, you know, I talk about all the time. I'm very sensitive. I'm not special. I'm everybody's special, Um, but I mean it. I'm just a regular guy, and I and I have issues. And so when I want to be able to notice those things and treat them the best way that I can, treat me the best way that I can. I mean, I could get drunk and high every night to try to help myself sleep. I could take Ambien to try to help myself sleep. Um, I haven't needed to, and and so I'd like to keep it that way if possible by doing what it takes to live the best life that I can. Okay, you guys been great. I'll see. Oh wait, I got to talk about little house, a little house in the prairie still. Um, I'm gonna leave these in the show notes, but I'm gonna be in North Carolina, August 26, 27, at the Triangle Veg Fest. I'll be at the California Veg Food Fest in Los Angeles, cavegfoodfest.com, and then the before that was trianglevegfest.com. World Veg Fest October 1st in San Francisco, worldvegfestival.com, and Portland the, at the Northwest Veg Fest October 14th and 15th nwveg.org slash vegfest. And one final one, I got a busy schedule last part of this year, just all of a sudden. The SoCal Veg Fest, October 28th and 29th in Costa Mesa, California, socalvegfest.com. It's SoCalVegFest. That's how I pronounce that. My YouTube video this morning, why did I do this? Um, the, the short story. You should watch the video. Watch the video. And why? hey, while you're there, subscribe. Okay, would you subscribe to the freaking channel? What's what's What the... What the Mm. Okay, I have a question for you before I get to the um, subject of this week's episode. Uh, and oh, by the way, I'm the I run the wellness center and the wellness programs director at the Stanford Inn Eco Resort. There are, a few, by the way, there are a few spaces left, few more than I'd like because a couple cancellations came in for an incredible retreat 
in September, September 21st through the 25th of 2017. Go to stanfordin.com and go to retreats up, 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 up the top there, and you'll see. It is an amazing retreat. It's September 21st to 25th. It's nutrition, cooking, gardening. It's it's hanging out with me. It's optional trail runs. If you're a runner, I'll take you out on some trail runs. It's it's such a great retreat. So if you want to get away for a few days and just be immersed in super amount of huge fun, well said, Sid. Thank you. And also a ton of relaxation time. Yeah, there's both. And there's an indoor pool and jacuzzi and spa and massages and all that kind of resorty stuff because it's a freaking resort. Stanford and Eco Resort. That's where I work. Um, okay, so here's the question I have to ask you. I have to ask you. If you were stripped, this is, I wrote this down, <clears throat> so I'm going to read this. If you were stripped today of everything that you go to for, okay, now I'm not going to read anymore because it, it bothers me to hear me read it like that. So here's one, here's the thing. If you were stripped today, if somebody said, came up and said, took everything <clears throat> and they said, oh, what do you do for fun? What do you do for your enjoyment? Well, I love food. Okay, that's gone. Um, and anything else? TV, I watch movies, gone. And you were stripped of all those things, took them away from you. Would you still be happy? And and the one and the one thing I wanted you to, to, to think about this week is, is it about the things that you, that in your life that give you pleasure, or is it your ability to find pleasure in things? Did I just blow your mind? Did I just blow your put your both hands on the steering wheel? Nine and three. You know the rules. Okay. I know it blow your mind, but don't take your hands off the steering wheel. That's that's just irresponsible. The question is, is as things change, and they will. So we have, you know, if we have the coffee house that we go to, we love that coffee house and it gives us pleasure every day, but then we have to move because we get transferred. Does it mean that we're never gonna have that kind of joy again? Or can we have enough in our minds or training and learn a practice such that we say, okay, that thing is gone, but I can find this other thing. This is powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff because it, it, relationships change. We have friends that we, in, in a way, this is somewhat related, I guess, in a way to last week's, the addiction of our beliefs. We also, in a way, become addicted to the things that we Go, our go-tos because we can rely on them. They work for us and we know that and we rely on that and we like that. It works for us. But what happens when those things change? The reality, of course, and this is, when I say reality, it's actually the reality. It is our relationship to those things. It is not the things in and of themselves. It's like stress. Somebody goes, oh, my job is so stressful. No, most cases, no, it's your perception of that job. I've had clients who after the work of being a small stepper and learning the system are stre- less stressed by their jobs because they've done the groundwork to be the kind of person who is less affected by whatever is going on in their jobs that hasn't changed. I was just talking about recently, like people who are, you know, I work with them sometimes, you know, and they're just like super stressed about the job and there's complaints and this is wrong. And I, and I always want to say in the back of my mind, and I don't cause it wouldn't be professional, but I always want to say like, get a hobby. Like get, remember the episode filler up, like do other things in your life because your attention is too much in this one place. And I remembered this, this, uh, this story about when I was acting full time. I don't, I, I always say this cause I can't remember if I've like talked it in a, in a video or in a podcast. So I'm just going to say it again. Cause I never know. I've got, I like a lot of avenues of, of telling things. So sorry if I repeated myself. Um, but my agent in Los Angeles, this guy, Sean, and 
I was working a lot back then as an actor, like a ton. And he said one time, he goes, you know why you, why I think you work a lot? And it was aside from, I was, I was good. I was competent. You know, I wasn't like I could, ha- I could, I could pull it off. I hold my own as an actor at, in, in, back in the day. Probably couldn't do it to save my life now. But he said, the reason why I think you get a lot of work is because you have a lot of other things going on. And I always remember that. And this is a long time ago. It was like 20, almost 20 years ago. And I remember that because the other things I had going on were my music. That was my goal, my life, my dream, music. Boom. That's all I wanted to do. That's my focus, acting, my day job. So the pressure was off. When I'd go to an audition, it was like, yeah, it'd be great to get it. What a great living. But if it doesn't work out, then I'll go get a job somewhere else like I had before I started acting. Like it wasn't, it was pretty great. I wanted to continue it because as a day job, there's nothing better in terms of allowing me enough time to play music. But the fact remained... It wasn't where my brain was. And the, the, the pressure came off of that. And it made a big difference. It was spreading out my attention so that I didn't have like, this is the thing. And the thing about it is acting for a lot of people, most people I say in LA, like it is their dream. Like that's where everything is. My point is it's our perception of those things that can change. It's how we relate to those things that can make our lives better. Same thing, of course, now jump ahead. Now I'm a a small steps coach, nutritionist, all things I do now. And I'm finding time and time again, people thinking about food way too much, putting all their attention into food, et cetera, et cetera, or one thing. And again, it's their relationship to that. So as we look at the things that give us pleasure, the quote unquote things in our lives, movies, TV, alcohol, light box food, all these kinds of things, if they were stripped away, or do you think you could find a way to find that pleasure in other things? My answer is yes, of course. And we think it's about that cheese. That's why we say, I could never give up cheese. When you say I could never give up cheese, you think there's some magical power in cheese that you can't find elsewhere. And I'm here to tell you that's 100% wrong. I'm also here to tell you, don't, I'm not telling you to stop eating cheese. I'm just telling you that's 100% wrong. When you come at your life understanding the power you have to find pleasure in things, all of a sudden, pretty cool because then you're in control. See the difference? If you say, I can never give up cheese, cheese is 100% in control of you. That's like saying, I, I'm an alcoholic. I can't give up alcohol. You, it's in control. Literally, you're, in, you're not being in control. You, th- that substance is in control of you. That happens with light box food too, guys. I've said it before. It's a drug. It just, just understand that it's a drug. It gets us high. We want that relief. I got it. I'm just saying over time, if you did the work, you would find out you can get same level of pleasure, if not more by being more in control of the things that you choose to give you pleasure. Whoa. Choose. Pretty cool, right? All these things we grow up with, we're fed, and we get used to those things. We didn't choose that. We didn't choose the food we eat in most cases. We're given it as a child. We're told, finish this, finish this, eat this, eat this, things we may not even like, but we have to continue eating it. And all of a sudden, as an adult, we look and go, I can't stop this. That's an addiction, you guys. When you say, I can never give up cheese, that's an addiction for real. Is it as serious as a heroin addiction? No. Is it serious? Yeah, it is. Look at the statistics out there of... of, Diabetes related to dairy, yeah, in the biggest way possible, more than carbohydrates will ever be. It's real. And so if you do the work of laying the groundwork mentally, 
then you can figure out ways to find pleasure in other things. And that if it, I mean if it is your ability to do this, then it follows in every regard it, that it doesn't have to be the thing that you think it is. It doesn't have if food is the thing that you love above all else. And again, I'm not telling you to change it. I'm just saying there's power in knowing it doesn't have to be food. If if it really is your ability to look for pleasure and to find pleasure in places, then it's never about one thing, and it doesn't have to be about food. You can continue to make it food, but then I would say, good for you, because then now you're choosing it. Okay, I want to go at food this way. This is what I want. I've never seen anybody want that, but you can absolutely want that. But as soon as you realize and back out of it that it's not about the thing external to you, but your relationship to it, then it's like, okay, well, wait, you know what? Me making food the thing I think is delivering me all the pleasure and I have nothing to do with this equation, that it's just just happening to me, and you change that and realize, oh, wait, I'm making this happen, then you can make a, a good choice about your life and say, do I is this serving me well? Do I want to continue with food being my go-to for pleasure or is there something else and I can do food a little less? I don't have to take it out, but can I do it a little less because then I can look over here for pleasure because it's about me, not about the thing. It's about me. That's an amazing place to stand, you guys, an amazing place to stand. And one that does relate, by the way, to all areas of health and happiness in the modern world, period, is your growth and evolution as a human being, your ability to take control of your own life. That is the ticket. That's the freaking ticket. And that never, ever, ever, in the, ever will be done in 21 days. You heard it here first, episode 202. Okay. Um, woo. Mm. Fine, let's talk about it. That's the title of this week's episode. Um, I want to talk about, what I want to do is deconstruct episode 327 of Little House on the Prairie. Okay, this is the one where Half Pint gets, she she's panning for gold and she finds a whole bunch of gold and then they steal uh, Harriet, Harriet's screen door and they go down there to the river and they mine all this gold, they pan for it. But the problem is it's not real gold, it's a heartbreaker. Okay, and the point is I want to make sure that you guys understand the nature of failure and 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 disappointment in the modern world. Okay, all right, you guys, this has been great. Listen, fantastic. Uh, email me at podcast at sidgarsleyhelman.com. <clears throat> I just had to talk about Little House on the Prairie. Um, I'm going to talk about it like this. The, the episode title, fine, let's talk about it. I was thinking about this week how much discussion. I mean, I've, been two, I've done 202 episodes. That's a lot of talking, right? And what am I talking about? I'm talking about on occasion food, not very often, but I'm talking about living healthy and happy. I'm talking about what I just talked about, finding joy in places. I talk about stealing moments. I talk about deep breaths. I talk about mott most of the time. I talked about the first task. I talk about small steps. There's a lot of talking. In nature, in the wild, this is the truth. We wouldn't be talking about this stuff. 99% of the stuff that I talk about, we wouldn't be talking about. It would be a more direct experience of life. It doesn't mean it's better. It's just the fact of the matter. It would be a greater experience present, not greater like better, but more full experience of life because it's boots on the ground. It's feet on the ground in nature's case. And we're living there. We'd be 
finding food and eating food. We'd be moving our bodies to find food and eat food. We'd be finding shelter and we'd be going to sleep when it got dark and we'd be getting up when it got lighter. Time-restricted eating. No need to talk about it. Heavy box versus light box. No need to talk about it. If there's no plants around, because <clears throat> there's the easiest thing to get, we'd go chase down an animal and have to figure out with our brains how to make that happen. If there was a bunch of fruit and produce and not produce like on a shelf, but like lettuce, wild lettuce, we'd just eat that stuff. And we wouldn't really talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, the stuff that we talk about. We wouldn't need to. It's not even relevant. It's not relevant. Italian or Mexican, not relevant. Protein versus carbohydrate, not relevant. It's just not relevant. And here we are as this animal now foisted into the modern world. And I mean foisted in our evolution. We're still a blip in terms of the years we've been in this sort of developed world that we're in. Of the millions of years, we're talking thousands. And so the subject of this podcast is, okay, okay, fine. Let's talk about it. Because the thing is, I want to be very clear that it's necessary to talk about the stuff that we talk about. It's, it's, it's not, we can't go back. And the reason I've talked about Little House on the Prairie is that was even more of a direct, yes, I'm going there. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I go there? Half pint. She won the election, by the way. I voted for her. She was president of Screen Actors. Go look it up. <clears throat> Cute little half pint. My God, she was adorable. Adorable. Um, but even back then. So now we've talked about, now we talk about technology and how we can even separate it's like each layer of technology separates us even more from reality. The next thing is going to be virtual, right? So virtual is going to be even more. Then we don't even need to travel because we're going to be able to experience things virtually. It's like each level of technology is to make us do two things. One, not have to be be, be directly related to nature even less. And two, have to engage and move our bodies even less than before. It, it just enables us to, to do a lot less for the same amount of joy. That is sort of technology in, in, in its essence. It, you don't have to walk to the mailbox to put a letter in the mail. You can now shoot an email and it's automatic. You can Skype with somebody. You don't have to travel as much. It's like to see people. It's just, there's some good about that too, but it doesn't take the energy. When you had to go in, in a covered wagon to travel, you were on the road for months. Now we just bust out on an airplane and we're there less way less effort and which is amazing i mean look at the things we can do the problem is if we don't keep that stuff in check it takes us down it takes us down so fine let's talk about the things that we need to talk about but here's my worry always i only want to talk about it just enough to really never talk about it again or let me put it this way to talk about it just enough where you don't need to talk about it hardly at all ever. And that is my small steps approach. And this is why I hope that this podcast, like I said, reminds you and gives you things to think about. <clears throat> but I never want this podcast to be necessary in a you know enough, you're living it, you're you're being a you're you're, you're acting in your life as a small stepper. You're taking on things and, and they're lasting. You're not burning out. You're really even, but you sort of have to listen to this podcast. That's not ideal. I mean, at that point, sort of move on. But the point is, is for me, unless you just have fun hanging out with me, which I think is fine too, obviously. But the fine let's talk about it subject line is, I'm thinking like all the things that we talk about. I mean, it's like crazy. If you, if you can back up about four steps 
and then re-engage on any like healthy living site. I mean, just try to get a little perspective on what you see there. Top 10, superfoods, this food, that food, this diet, carbohydrates, protein. I mean, it is like unbelievable the sheer amount of subject matter, content that is out there about something so simple, which is food. I mean, so simple. In fact, I want to, I forgot to, I skipped over this in the beginning. I'm going to mention it now. I saw a very interesting article in Time Magazine. And um, a couple of people had emailed me a while ago, a couple of podcast listeners, about these um, companies like um, HelloFresh, Blue Apron, Purple Carrot, I think is one of them. These, these companies that send you f- uh, the ingredients all portioned out, and then you just sort of put the meal together. And it's a, it's a, it sounds like an amazing idea, except that I immediately was like, hmm, if you still have to put it together, <clears throat> you still have to read instructions. And if you have to read instructions, you have to sort of be there present and you got to still do the thing of putting it together. And then you still got to cook it, take that time, something you've never done before. Interesting article because as the, oops, as the rise happens in this in this industry, and it is on the rise, but not what they not what they figured it would be. It's a lot less than what they figured it was going to be. It's very interesting. So I want to read a quote. Convenience, this is a quote out of the article, Time Magazine, July 31st, 2017, Con, which is today. I don't even, I got the magazine. Convenience is a sticking point as well. Even with pre-proportioned ingredients, meal kit meals can be labor-intensive. Some recipes require more than an hour. And this is a quote within a quote. It's a privilege of the wealthy to have time to cook, says Nina Ichikawa, a policy director at the Berkeley Food Institute. And it shouldn't be. The last quote is sort of incidental. What I wanted to tell you was labor-intensive. Convenience. It sounds amazing. You get these pre things and you cook at home and it sounds incredible. Except to say that here you go, an hour preparing after a long day of work with kids and everything else. It sounds amazing the way that it's diet sounds amazing. The fact of the matter is, if you like cooking recipes and new and new um, meals and all that kind of stuff, this may be a great thing for you sometimes. But I'm still going to argue that when you build in a habit, a behavior of healthy eating, and you stick with it long enough to make it, remember here, you're sort of coasting on it, your time is minimal, not zero, minimal in the kitchen. That's why at my house, we don't spend a lot of time during the week. Why? Because we eat fairly regularly. We know the core group of meals. I talk about this in my book, Raising Healthy Parents. It's exactly one thing. I put recipes in that book. Not many on purpose. I said, I'm doing too many. Figure and Health Made Simple, we do the same thing. We try to get people to the point where they have a regular regular kind of schedule that they do most of the time so that they get so familiar with the recipes and so familiar with the shopping and prepping and cooking that not only is their time in the kitchen minimized, but even when they're in the kitchen, it's not so focused. Remember I said at the beginning of this episode, thinking is energy. So if you're doing something you've done a thousand times, like brushing your teeth, you're not expending a fraction of the energy that you were when you were beginning that thing. So even though these prefab meal things sound great, it is still a more of an energy suck than not. And and one of the people I got emailed from about this was like, I'm getting stressed out by these things because they show up and then they feel like they got to have the pressure to make it because you know they paid for it. 
and their schedules just don't. It sounds great, but it's not fast food. It's really not. What is fast food is buying a bunch of pre-washed lettuce, throwing a couple of potatoes in the oven, walking away, going to read a book or play some music. When the potatoes are done, cut them up, throw them in the big old freaking salad and have yourself a dinner that you've expended barely any time actually physically in the kitchen having to think about anything. It is so simple to eat healthy. It is so simple to eat healthy. It's affordable to eat healthy. Is it better to cook at home? Of course. Does that mean that cooking has to be complicated with multiple in, uh, recipes and new new dishes every other day or a new meal plan every week? Of course not. Absolutely not. How do you find that out? You find that out by being a small stepper. You find that out by looking at your life and recognizing a little more objectively of the things in your life that are causing you stress and saying, you know what? This is not working for me. It's not working for me. It seems like it should have worked for me, but it doesn't work for me. And so I'm going to change that thing and I'm going to simplify a little bit and then I'll do the fun new recipes on weekends when I have more time and actually enjoy myself in the kitchen. For most people, that is just not the case. For most people, they don't want to do a new thing every other day or every day because it is too stressful with the world being as it is with you know jobs and kids and everything else. It's too much to take on new recipes every week than maybe every weekend you do. How cool, right? Okay. Um, I, it was very interesting. So I, re- I read it. I was like, hmm, because the, the title of it is Meal Kits Won't Start a Cooking Revolution Yet. And I thought, I really want to see this because my thinking right when right when I saw them, I knew it because I'm in the business, right? I mean, this is how I think all the time. But when I first started hearing these ads, I went, how long really, like how prepared are they? Because they're not prepared really. You don't just heat up the dish. You make the dish. And frankly, personally, Lisa and I, not a chance in hell. Not, just not going to happen week to week. Just not going to happen. I just know it. So I wouldn't sign up that much. I wouldn't sign up for it anyway. Period. I'm not, I'm, there's, I'm not dissing these services. I've heard amazing things about them in terms of like the quality of food is great and they taste great. I'm just saying, know why. That was the point of my video this morning. Know why. Know the why. Figure out the why. If you're getting into this thing because you love different food and learning new recipes, fantastic. If you're starting a diet because you want to try a different way of eating, fantastic. But know that because if you're going into these things because you want to save a bunch of time or if you're going to a diet because you want to learn how to live happy and healthy for the rest of your life, then that's not the solution to that why. Dig? Okay. Back to the subject. God, mm, I can't believe you guys got me all distracted and stuff. This is not cool. Um, so back to this. So, so I want to, you know, so again, let's Fine, let's talk about it. In a way, it's saying, okay, acknowledge modern world, nutty nut nut. So there are things that we have to talk about. I would be totally remiss if I said we shouldn't talk about food because in the wild we wouldn't talk, we wouldn't need to talk about food. Well, we're not in the wild anymore. This is okay, fine, fine. We're all taking it on. I am too. So let's have a chat, shall we? And the chat is let's learn enough about food. Let's learn enough about exercise. Let's learn enough about ourselves and how creativity, what part creativity plays in our lives. Let's talk about how to relate to each other. Let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about our tribes. Let's talk about our friends and family. Just enough to understand what we need to understand so that we can move on with our lives and actually experience these things. And I was thinking about this term, elitism. Elitism. And I guess the the bone I have to pick is that a lot of the discussion in the healthy living arena, a lot of, especially with like diet and fitness, 
a lot of these articles I told you to sort of get perspective on and, and, and vlogs and all this kind of, what did I eat today? All this kind of stuff. It is geared toward elitism. It's geared toward the elite. This is the idea that you have to be, have a lot of money to eat healthy. You absolutely do not. Um, you, it's geared toward the elite. It's geared toward optimal performance in a certain area. So, uh, you know, you have a, you have something talking about food and 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 how it you know how to optimize uh, your diet if you're going to you know ride a bike a, a thousand miles or you know it's 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 geared toward what's optimal, and that's fine. I mean, it's interesting to me too. The problem is, is I'm just going to sound kind of weird, but that's more than most people really need to even think about. Like most people are not. I'm not an elite athlete, so I'm I'm really not studying the best time to eat like this is always funny because when matt and i fraser and i do the um the uh live q a's for health made simple people always say like okay so what about recovery like when i'm done with the run like somebody asked what should i eat during a half mar- like a 13.1 mile and matt knows the deal man he's very well informed he's like well and he knows the studies and i've read them too here's the best time you want to keep the you know, after you finish within the first 45 minutes you want to do only a quarter protein mostly carbohydrate then eat something etc cetera, etc cetera. it's all true and yet, I've been running the best I've run in years, and I don't even do anything. I don't even eat anything afterwards. I'll run for six miles and then not eat anything. On Saturday, I ran with Sid for six miles. I had a glass of water before and a cup of coffee. I had nothing else for five more hours after that run. Nothing. I drank water during the run. After the run, I had a little sip of I actually didn't even drink water during the run. Scratch that. I had a glass of water in the morning, went for six miles with nothing, finished, had a drink of water, and didn't eat anything for five hours. And I'm fine. And I ran. I'm, I'm all good. Everything's fine. So the question that people have is, what's optimal? And that's a valid question. It's fantastic. It's just not necessarily a necessity for most people, unless you are an elite athlete or unless you have a specific goal in mind with regard to a you know a race that that's upcoming or something. And I want to be also clear that that I am selling elitism here. It's just I'm broadening, I'm saying how to live your best life, not how to run your fastest marathon. And that's and, and so it's they're not mutually exclusive. I want to be very clear about that. You can be a and should be a small stepper and and follow your passion to be, you know, the winner of the Tour de France. To win the Tour de France, but you can also be a small stepper. Why? Because I still believe that my approach is going to allow you to broaden out just enough, even though you're going to have to definitely put more of your eggs in the biking basket, sure, in the basket that fits. I think Tour de France people have to have a basket on the front of their bike, don't they, with flowers in them and stuff? It's been a long time. It broadens you out enough to where you look for balance wherever you can get it. In other words, you don't have to divorce your freaking spouse because you're training for the Tour de France. In fact, you understand the value of keeping relationships as intact as much as you can because it lowers overall stress. And the more stress you are alleviating, the faster your recovery time, the better your performance. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. Go read about the effects of stress on the body and the mind. So you think if you're an athlete that you don't have to worry about any of that stuff or what you put in your body, the opposite is true. So as a small stepper, you have that broad view approach and you say, Okay, fine. I'm going to just kind of make sure that I'm balanced wherever I can be, given the fact that I'm putting an inordinate amount of attention into this one thing. You can do that, absolutely. But what I'm selling in the elite world, 
I'm advocating for a next level elite living, not elite biker, not elite swimmer, not elite anything, but a an elite person, a person who is understanding to go just enough in multiple areas to achieve an overall life that is elite, that is not the norm, that is above the norm, that is extraordinary, literally. And I'm finding more and more, I just, you know, I've I've been talking all over the country for a few years now, and I just, I see this happen more and more. it's, It's not studied, it's an anecdote, but just in my experience, more people I come in contact with if, if you talk to them for a matter of minutes, they actually don't want to be talking about food as much. They're exhausted by the discussion of it. They're exhausted because they're getting in arguments about it. They're exhausted because they're getting attacked about it. And they're freaking exhausted about food. And this is more food than anything else. That is the thing. And if you look at the discussion of food, it is for elitism. It is what is the very, very best diet that I could ever eat? What's the very perfect diet if I'm pregnant? What's the very perfect diet if I'm a bicyclist? What's the very perfect? And it's like, yeah, but what about the other parts of life? And if you can lower your overall stress, whoa, maybe you don't need the very perfect diet if your overall stress levels are kind of low and you can manage that really well and your body does recover better, then lo and behold, maybe you don't need to spend $1,000 in powders, pills, and supplements every month because you know enough to live an elite life. Kind of a, I don't know what to say about it. It's just where I come from. And again, you can still do something. You can be the most elite athlete in the world. I'm still going to say you come out your life as a small stepper. You're going to be happier for it because people get the elite level, whatever, but they're not necessarily happy and they don't necessarily live a good life that they want to live. They achieve that one thing and that's amazing for them. But there's plenty of actors who are super successful who die of overdose of drugs because obviously they're not happy. Same thing with music. There's people who are committing suicide. Just happened a few weeks ago. The success in one area, elite in one area, does not equal a good life. Sorry, it doesn't. It can, but it doesn't necessarily. And I'm here to talk to you about an elite life. I'm here to talk to you about a life that is broad and fulfilling and that you're in control of and that you have a very clear vision of And you know how to implement and you know how to act more in line with who you are each day than the day before. And that's what I'm talking about. So fine, let's talk about good. Let's have discussions about food because we need to because there's so much nutty, nut, nut, crazy stuff in the world. Fine, let's talk about exercise because there's so many reasons we don't ever have to move our bodies, period. Technology allows us to never have to move. So yeah, we gotta talk about moving our bodies. We have to actually talk about it. Fine, let's talk about it. But let's talk about it just enough that we then don't really need to talk about it too much because then we can get back to the business of living the lives that we actually want to live. Dig? All right, you guys. All right, fine. If you you got it. You guys are awesome. And um, I don't know what to say. You guys are awesome. That's it. That's my finish there, okay? I will be back next week with episode number 203. The 200 seem a lot less, less exciting to me. Now that I've passed 200, I'm like 201, 202. Just kind of boring. I don't know. If you guys want to email me for real, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. Podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. You can go to sidgarzahillman.com and and find out where I am on social media. Find out about me. Donate to the podcast. 
Uh, I do urge you, instead of even donating to the podcast, sign up for smallsteppers.com. Will you please try it? I'm, I'm telling you, this thing is the real deal. It is the real deal. I'm get, already getting great comments from people who are saying, like, this is a game changer. Literally, actual words. This is a game changer. It really, really is. And it doesn't mean you can never do a diet again. And it doesn't mean you can never join a gym again. It, quite the contrary. But it changes the way you think about your life. That I guarantee. I'll be back next week with episode number 203. In the meantime, you guys, do me a favor, will you? Really? Really? You will? That's so cool. Oh, you guys. Be well. When you found your way to me Your hair shone like silver When you hovered around me Your eyes bright like silver Silver's more pretty than gold Silver's more pretty than gold To this day when I wake to you I'm soft into the grave when you shut everything out All this shop is dull to gray And clouds are much sweeter than blue sky And clouds are much sweeter than blue Trying to force things down Just cannot be I'm trying to plan things out That I cannot see by the quiet of knowing when I fear things falling from me I'm shown by you the truth and truth is much stronger than life Truth is much stronger than lies Silver's more pretty than gold And clouds are much sweeter than blue